Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Anybody remember that song? You don't have to raise your hand if you like knew when it fresh it came out on the radio. So that's way back. But some of you do. It, it fits so much in our theme today. I don't know, uh, you know, where the spiritual level that the birds were, the people that, the, the group that, that wrote that song, but they didn't really write those words. They came straight out of the book of Ecclesiastes. That's, that's what we're looking at this whole summer. And it's, it's from chapter three that we're going to look at here today. So I want you to follow along as we do. Verse 1, let's jump right in. It says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time for everything. Time's a weird thing, don't you think? When you think about time and its capacity or the perspective of, of time, you could be working a job, especially in manual labor. Some of you might be doing that during the week. I remember times of working in high school or college and digging ditches and doing, just doing real you know, strenuous labor in a hot, hot summer day. And you, know, you get working, you're working, you're like, oh my gosh, it's got to be lunchtime by now. And then you look at your watch and it's like 9.30, you know? And you're just like, oh, this is going to be a long day, right? But some of us now are in jobs or careers or busyness of life. We're like, we're going, oh my gosh, I don't got enough time to get all the work I got to do and all the projects and what I got to accomplish. And it seems like time goes by so quickly. There's, time's a weird, weird thing. We have time, many hours a day that just go by so fast. And, but the reality is we all get the same amount of hours of the day. We all get 24 hours a day is how we spend. But we really do kind of like, where did the time, where did the time go? Now, if you're wondering where your time go, your time went, here's some, some fun facts about time. This is the big one that we probably when you think about it going, oh yeah, that's probably true, but it's, it's, hard, it's shocking when you hear it. But the average American adult spends 11 hours a day doing what? Anybody want to guess? 11 hours a day. Some of you held it up. This is it right here. 11, this is adult Americans. Now, not just the phone, but a computer or a dashboard or TV screen. You're staring at something with blue screen on, okay? Some, something you're doing. Now, think about 11 hours a day. Now, you think about like, think about teenagers. If the adults are spending that much time, well, they try to survey teenagers, they couldn't get their attention. <laughs> staring at it. Couldn't survey them. <laughs> the teenagers are going, oh, that's so funny, you got me there. It's true, though. It's kind of sad. 11 hours a day, though, that's, that's, a, that's a long time, right? In contrast, the average person spends 48 minutes a week on faith and religion. That's 6.9 minutes a day. 
There's some of you are like, well, this thing usually goes about 65, sometimes 70, because the guy talks longer. I got it covered. I'm above average. Some of you are thinking, like, I hope there's more of your faith than 70 minutes a week, but we won't, we won't challenge you with that. But that, that's kind of scary, isn't it? It's kind of sad. Now, think about it. We spend seven and a half hours a day sleeping, and then there's this thing called work somewhere in there. Time goes by really, really quickly. In fact, just on our lifetime here and just average life, that average American, American, average woman, sorry, spends 28 minutes a day getting ready. 28 minutes a day. Some of you are like, this, you know, I take longer than that, right? Some of you don't nudge your wife on this one, guys, even though it's Father's Day, don't do that. But some of you, so ladies are like, maybe take longer or shorter than that. The, the average guy, Minute and 45 seconds. Right? And it shows. It shows. <laughs> Man, we spend, though, here's the thing, 3,500 hours in our lifetime shaving. Okay? Wow. I don't know about ladies. I don't know about that one. Uh, if you shave, that's great. Uh, do you know? Uh, yeah, don't. Just, <laughs> do you. <laughs> It's Father's Day. No, I won't do that. Uh, in, in a lifetime, think about this. The average person in a lifetime spends six years eating, five years waiting in line, one whole year just looking for lost stuff. Like, that's true, right? But here's the challenge with time. Here's the challenge with time. It's a non-renewable resource, you either use it or lose it, but you can't regain it. You can't go back in time. It matters you, you drive in DeLorean or whatever. You cannot go back in time machine. There's no such thing. You wish you could go, go back. You can't. It's past. But timing is, time is important, but also timing is important, isn't it? There's a time, Solomon says, for everything. And we've had bad timing, right? We, timing matters, you know, you've walked in at the wrong time, at the, you know, said the wrong thing at the wrong, you know, the wrong place. We've all, we all done that in moments. And so Psalmist says there's a time for everything, a season for every acti- activity under the sun. And I, it's interesting when we contrast a little bit of this, here's Solomon saying this, but then two chapters before, and we'll hear it again throughout the book of Ecclesiastes where he talks about life. He goes that life is meaningless, meaningless, utter meaningless. And that word meaningless is the Hebrew root hevel, which means breath, it means vapor, it means life is very, very short. But he's not saying it's purposeless. It's just, it's, it's, it's lacking some value sometimes. And yet, here's Solomon going, well, wait a second though, there's a time for everything. There's a season. For there's, there's actually purpose. There's a purpose. There's a reason for every season. And we experience this in, in a natural cycle of things. I, I love living in the Northwest because we really do. You don't think we do, but we have four seasons. Sometimes you think, oh, it's two. It's raining and no rain. But we really do. We have four seasons. I lived in, we lived in southern Idaho, and it's like either frozen tundra or hotter than Hades, right? It's just, there's like two of, you know, it's, it's snowed on the 4th of July there, right? I mean, that's kind of crazy. But, but seasons here, I love the seasons. I love the four seasons. Christmas is wonderful in the wintertime. It's cozy. It's nice. But then there's kind of the deadness of winter, right? Some of us spiritually can feel that way. Like there's a, there's a deadness and there's a distance in relationship with God and there's not much life. So, but, but winter is a real thing. It's a, a season that we live in and season of life. But thank goodness spring comes. And spring brings new birth and new excitement and, and new life that comes from it, from, from what was maybe dead. 
And spiritually, that's for us as well. That some of you, I've, I've known people here just recently made com- fresh commitments to Jesus, first time commitments to Christ. And there's this new, wonderful, new growing in relationship that you have with God. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. But with that spring comes summer. And summer is, is a time of, we love summer around here, don't we? We love the warmth. We love the growth. But there's some work in the summer. There's, there's the weeding that takes place and taking care of whatever was planted in the spring to care for that and to nurture that. And so there's work and there's, as we talked about, there's, there's toil under the sun that we have to go through, as, as Solomon talks about, that will lead to fall, leave to a harvest time, to, to reap a reward of what was planted before is nurtured and watered and cared for that we receive. And some of you are in a place in your walk with God where you've, you've worked hard and maybe even in the sum, summer season where life has been difficult, but you're making progress. Now you're reaping the rewards spiritually in life, the work that you put into it, the, 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 the efforts that you had of praying and working and, 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 and in doing some really hard labor in your faith, now you're experiencing a lot of fruit from your life. And then it starts all over, all over again. There's a cycle of seasons. And Solomon is just saying the same thing. But his seasons, as we're going to look at here, are more than just four. He actually gives several seasons as we go along. And, and when, we're, when we're reading each of these contrasts of seasons, you're going to get that, now the turn, turn, turn song will be in your head. And that's the purpose this week, so you remember the message this week, is that, that song. But you'll hear these words from those lyrics, where they come straight out of what Solomon says. He says this first, a a time to be born and a time to die. 350,000 babies are born on this earth every single day. There's 150,000 people that die every day. There's more life than there is death, but the reality is death is is a reality. And it comes in seasons, comes in waves. Some of you know, that interact with me throughout the week in my life, it, that I've had a lot of loss. Uh, in, in, in nine months, I've lost six relatives that have passed away. And some of you are like, I thought it was five. I just lost my aunt, my, uh, my cousin Debbie the other day. Just, we just buried my, my aunt on Monday, and then she, she died on, on Wednesday, on my dad's side, my mom's side, my, my, wife's, my wife's side today is, is a, you know, Father's Day. We, we, she lost her father just, a, just about six weeks ago. And so this is a kind of sobering day in Father's Day and that loss. We, our families experience loss. And it's interesting with losses, it kind of catches up with you a little bit. I, I have had to be at times be the, the pastor in the family and caring and praying and being the strong one and working through some dysfunctional stuff in my family. You think your family's messed up. You know, I got some dysfunction in mind. You do too, right? It's just, it brings up a lot of challenges during this season that we're in. And I, the, the other day I was just realizing, man, how, why am I so tired? I usually take Friday off and not do any church work because it's my Sabbath, my rest day. And, and, and I just, there's that day I usually, you know, mow the lawn and do different things. And I'm just kind of trudging through the day. And my wife, I said, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. She goes, well, look at all that's happening. You finally had a moment, you didn't, you're not doing anything. And I was, the grief was catching up with me. I, I could sense it. I was just kind of in that depressive place, but I was just physically tired. It does a number, but in the grieving, there's a time of reflection. We, we gathered on 
the, the McAvoy side, my aunt Jenny had passed away. And, and so we were remembering her the night before her funeral with our family gathered at my, my cousin's house and just reflecting. But then there was even a time where we gathered to pray for a little baby. It's when their great-grandchild that was the, the grandson, he, his, uh, his wife is pregnant, but only 28 weeks, and they're praying for this little one that the baby would make it, right? And it was, a, it was a, like, we're, we're here, we're talking about death, and now we're praying for life. And, and we live in these seasons. Here's a question when it comes to your life, and even when it comes to spiritually life or death, is this. What needs to be born and what needs to die? What needs to be born and what needs to die? For you, it might be you're in a new start and God's leading you to an opportunity. Just this week, we're starting a new work. Uh, this, these community meals for 10 weeks that there's a folks like Sarah and Jesse and others are really believing this is a new work we have to, to feed kids and needy families here in, in Birch Bay. But individually for you, what's new for you to do? Is there something that you need to start? But is there something you need to finish? You know, kids are like, we're days away. We're almost done. You know, some of you have graduated. We're finished. Well, you know, college is done. It's a wonderful time. We sing schools out for summer. The Alice Cooper band, you know, uh, song we sing every year. We're so glad we're done, right? There's a time of birth and there's time of death. Here, here's the challenge in all this. What do we do with it? Go with what God's leading you in the season that you're in, to, to, to look at the season that you're in. Another season is there's a time to plant and a time to uproot. One of the legacies my mom left me was she taught me the names of, of flowers in, in the garden. And it really was helpful because I started dating a, a woman who was a florist. And that really helped. And here we are many years later. So I won some branding points with that. But I didn't know right away. When I was eight years old, I didn't know the difference between daffodils and dandelions, right? You remember those? You, you pulled them all out, you know. And I realized, I think about the end of the season, everything gets pulled out. <laughs> Doesn't mean weeds or flowers, they all end up on the compost pile. That's the cycle of life. Here's the question for you what needs to grow in you? What needs to go? Is there, is there, in your life, is there, is there nurturing of relationships? Is there work you're doing? It needs you know, more efforts than that. Or is it something that needs to be yanked out of your life? That's not, it's beyond a weed. And you need to get it at the roots. Deep within you, there's some, some struggles and issues to, to ask God to help you. I'll tell you, whatever, here's the thing. Whatever you feed will grow. You have to make a choice of what you're going to Go for it. You're gonna you're gonna invest in what is positive and life giving, or are you going to with the, that leads to death and destruction? It's a big big challenge. But whatever it is, go with what God is leading you in the season you're in. Another contrast here is, is a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. We live in this tension of negative and positive, negative and positive. This last week. You know, we buried my aunt on Monday, celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary on, on Tuesday. We, my cousin passes away on Wednesday, and I remember that. What's going to happen Thursday? I mean, it was just a back and forth life, and I thought, man, life is so much like that. We get tossed back and forth as so many things happening. For some of you, you might have a loved one in hospice, or you had a desire or something to happen, and it's not coming together, and you realize it's not going to happen. It's a, a dream that might die, have died. It's a, a relationship that you're getting over. You're, you had a business that didn't work out, and it's folded. But on the contest, you might be in a season of celebration. And you're just going, oh, life is so good. A, a new baby's born in the family. A, you, ha you had a grandchild that 
that was born, or you have a, you may have a grandchild that got married. That's a great legacy to be part of. Whatever it might be, there's a seasons that we're in of celebration. And this contrast that, that Solomon talks about, he goes on, he says, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And every time I see the time to, a time to dance, I always go back to Kevin Bacon and Footloose, the old one. Do you remember that? And that the, there was something tragic happening. His kids are killed and this, there was a dance or something. So the whole town shut down dancing. There was no dancing allowed. And he came, comes to town and quotes Ecclesiastes. The, so I call it the Footloose verse here, a time to dance. And, and uh, I, I, I love, there's dancing in my family. My daughter is a dancer. And, but, uh, you know, her timing has not been really good. And her dancing. And I'm not talking about, she's perfect at dancing. Like her timing's fine in the music. But her choice to when to dance in the house has been a challenge for us. So there was a day when, and it was especially, you know, when her brother and I wanted to watch the Seahawks, but there was tap dancing going on during that time, right? So there's a timing, right? But there's a time to celebrate. It's, it's just, it, it, we have to, have to understand the times that we're in the season. And there's a season for mourning. And I tell you what I've learned about mourning is this, and here's the question, and I'm going to ask you this, what needs, needs grieving and what needs celebration? There is both that goes on, and both can in some ways happen in a season of grieving, actually. Being a pastor over 25 years, I've learned this, is that we as American culture are horrible at grieving. We're really bad at doing this. And I, I want to just help those as I'm going through this process of people that have died and talking with loved ones and what are we going to do to celebrate their life. Many times, and I had this over the years as a pastor, lately people say, well, we don't want to do anything. Or that person didn't want to do anything. And I can I encourage you, if the day's coming when you know you're getting to the end, can you not say, and this is my personal opinion, don't say to your loved ones, don't do anything for me. Because it's actually not fair to them. It's so important that we celebrate life even in death. It's so important that we learn to grieve and to take steps toward grief in the grieving process. It doesn't mean you have to have a big elaborate service and all that goes on. It might be just taking a moment, finding a a special place that they gathered as a loved one, whatever it might be, to take some time. We've got to go through that process because if we don't go through the proper time of grieving, grief will catch up with you. And it'll, it'll, it'll be difficult. And some of you know what that's like. It's so important we take the time and go through that process of healthy, healthy grieving. Because it's a season that we live in. And challenge us, go with whatever God's leading you in, into that season you're in. Another one is here, is a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. That's one you have to kind of look up a little bit and understand that. Back in the, the Bible days, in the Old Testament days, it was how people remembered of the past is God called people in the, the big moments that he did great things or even when they blew, blew it, moments like that, he said, remember what I've done. Remember how I got you through what you've got, gotten through. They, he did this with Joshua when they cross over the Jordan River into the promised land. He says, hey, before you move on, stack some stones up as a remembrance so future generations can come back and remember that. Now, we do that in some ways already in our modern world. We have cemeteries and headstones to remember people. It is so important not just to remember the person of the past, but remember what God has done in our lives as memorials, as remembering that. So really with that is ask this question, what needs to be built up, but also what needs to be torn down? Because as 
we remember what God has done and we, we, we memorialize in a sense. Then we do that with communion. Next weekend we'll be having communion. Well, we memorialize what Christ has done. It's we're sacking some rocks and remembering what he's done. We also, on the contrast, need to tear down what we've built up. Tower of Babel is a great example where they... They had, they were a great ambitious group of people, humans in the beginning of the time, build up this huge tower. But the problem is their motive was building something for themselves and they left God out. And God goes, I don't want any of that. And he crushed it. What needs to be built up in your life? What needs to be torn down? What do you need to, what, what do you need to lift up and what God has done? But what do you need to tear down as your own memorials, your own remembrance? And especially of the past and the things that have happened to God to rid yourselves of them. But whatever season you're in, it's important to go with what God is leading you in that, in that season. And another thing Solomon says is a time to embrace, a time to refrain, and a time from embracing, a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, a time to throw away. Some of you are keepers. I'm a keeper. There's, there's special things mementos that I keep and I've gone through I lost both my parents and so I've, I've had a lot of loss in my life and so there's things that I kept that are important to me that I hold on to that that, that remember of of really generations before and even a legacy and in fact this silver bowl is one of those you're wondering what was this bowl up here uh, this bowl was given from my aunt and uncle my aunt just passed away and my uncle now is 92 years old, but gave this as a 25th wedding anniversary to my mom and dad. And, and so uh, this bowl, we, we cherish this bowl. This is a very, very special bowl. You know, this bowl is so important. You know what I do? I eat my cereal out of this bowl every single day. No, I don't do that. Don't clap for that. <laughs> No, but, but this bowl, though, it, it sits actually just in a little side table. You come in our front door. And what I do, and it sounds kind of like ut- utilitarian, but it's important. I, I actually put my keys and my wallet and just stuff that's important. You know, I just stick it in there. And it's a reminder. I, it reminds me of my past. Because so what's awesome is we, is my wife and I are celebrating our silver anniversary, 25 you know, years as well. And so there's so much legacy and remembrance of what God has done and faithful people have come before us. It's a time to keep, but sometimes there's a time to get rid of. Some of you, you don't want to raise your hand on this, but some of you are hoarders, okay? You have a lot of stuff. You don't need, I'm sorry, you don't need 20 uh, uh, use Cool Whip containers, okay? Please don't. You don't have that many leftovers, okay? Some of you keep stuff, right? We can be hoarders. But I want to tell you spiritually, though, it's important that we can, we can cling on to the past that of negativity, of hurt, and of pain. And I tell you, of failure that's happened in our lives. There's certain things we should hang on to and cherish, but there's things that we need to get rid of. We need to cleanse out of our life. Let me ask this question. What needs to be cherished and what needs to be purged in your life? I tell you, there's some things in your life. There's old memories. Well, what do you do with old memories? You, you push them away. You don't keep focusing on them. If there's something that you're hanging on to, what, who's the guy? I don't want to get into the, to the popular show or whatever. Does it give you life or spark your life? I don't know. But there is something of the past. If you look back upon that, you go, it's painful. I would encourage you, lift up and remember the good times. Doesn't mean you shouldn't deal with them. Deal with them or you're dealing with them, but to move on. 
I think many times we're forgetting that the Lord has done a work in us and, 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 and has moved us on and yet we hang on to the past. And then that's why I love Romans 8. It says, therefore, there's no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit has given life and has set us free from the law of sin and death. Jesus, if you're a follower of Christ, Jesus forgave you. Now it's time to forgive yourself. And to move on. So important you do that to find that freedom. Solomon goes on. He says this. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to, to be silent and a time to speak. There's an old adage that says silence is golden. No, it's not all the time. If, if more voices were involved in, in, in ridding and stopping the genocide in Rwanda or the, the Holocaust in Nazi Germany, right? There was voices. But there wasn't enough. And I tell you in our lives that we've got to step up at times. Timing is so critical. And that God will give you the wisdom in the moment you should speak. And there's the wisdom in the moment that you need to shut your mouth. Well, that sounded really harsh. But it's true, isn't it? There's a time. There's a timing as we get wisdom. They're like, holy cow, you're just laying it out. <laughs> there is a time for this. And, and Ephesians, Paul says this. He says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. They may benefit those who listen. And this is, think about this. This is for your work environment, your family I think sometimes we, t- we, we treat family members, we treat our dogs better than our family members sometimes when we speak to one another. There needs to be respect and care for one another, what comes out of our mouth. And I would, I would say digitally as well, oh my goodness, to watch what we say. Here's, here's the question with that is this, what needs to be said and what needs to be swallowed to move on? Whatever it is, God will give you wisdom for both. Whatever it is, God will see and speak to you in the season that you're in. And finally, the season is a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There's, a, there's an aggressiveness to life and there's a passivity of life. And the word hate, people get hung up on that. Uh, I, you're thinking, we, sh- we shouldn't hate. Well, I do. I hate. I hate injustice. I hate abuse. I hate hearing hungry kids need food. I hate the devil. Right? There's, there's, a, there's a passion toward it. Not that we focus on, on hatred, but there's a time to rise up. A holy angst that comes within us to, to do something. So Solomon says all those. There's a time for this, time for that. And then he says this. What do workers gain for their toil? I've seen the burdens of God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Let me challenge us with this. It's so important to hear this. Is that God can take any season and give, given enough time, will make it beautiful. God can take any season, really any season, and he at the time can make it beautiful. Lord, it's been speaking to me recently, my own grief and my own, that God, how do you take something beautiful out of this? Well, I'm actually having some wonderful conversations with family members I haven't talked for, with in many, many years. And the Lord's be able to encourage and help. And I'm actually really there for the living. That's not a surprise. I'm there to be there and be available. The Lord's speaking to me that life is so precious. It's so quick. 
And we got to find the beauty in the timing. And I just want to leave you practically. How do we find the beauty in the timing? If you, whatever season you're in right now, you think about what season you're in, think about this and filter these, these thoughts where you're at. First is this, as we wrap up. Finding God's timing, it's in the waiting, God does his best work. In the waiting is where God does his best work. One of the phrases my wife and I have said over 25 years, in our stressful seasons, and our painful seasons, and our difficult seasons of life, and things have happened to us, is this, it's only a season. <laughs> it's only a season. And we've said that over and over again, and we even joke sometimes, and we've had and laughed, when it's just, where you either cry and you laugh at the same time as couples, you ever go like, oh my gosh, how can this, well, it's just a season that we're in. After 25 years, we found from diapers to driver's ed to pregnancies to graduations, seasons come and seasons go. But here's so important is this, the quality in the season is in the waiting, and how we wait is so important. The quality of the waiting, listening is, is so important of, of life and hearing, but also we, we, we wait, and we wait on God. And see, in the waiting rooms of life, we get so anxious, and we get agitated, and we get, get plain angry at times, and yet what we're doing in our waiting, we're not waiting on God. And the promise is when we wait on God, there's this beautiful promise is this, that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. Man, God does his best work in the waiting. If you're in a waiting season right now, he is doing a work in you. He's transforming your heart. He's, he's maturing you. He's, there is a testing time for you. There's a trusting time for you. He's doing a work in you. And if that's where he does his best work. But it's just a season. It's just a season. In fact, life itself is just a season. As we understand and have the perspective of eternity. Because at the end of the day, know this. God's timing is always perfect. The God's timing. You heard it over and over. It's so important you hear that. Now, I haven't, it's Father's Day and I, 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 I want to tell an intentional dad joke, okay, today. Okay, here's my, here's my dad joke today, since it's Father's Day. A man was speaking to God and he asked him, God, is it true to you a thousand years is a minute? That's true, God replied. And it's true that, and is it true that a million dollars is like a penny? That's true, God said. Well, you see, I'm a poor man. I was wondering if you could give me a penny. Asked the man. Sure, said God, in a minute. Dad joke, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's, you can share that at lunch, guys. Our perspective of God is so important. This, this infinite a moment here that, that God gives us in life. The, the infinite framework that we're in and this infinite God that we serve. And we don't understand the perspective that we have. Apostle Peter tells us this, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. See, we think in times that God's being slow and that we're waiting on God. Peter challenges us with this because I think when we're in places of impatience and God, aren't you going to come through? Aren't you going to work? Aren't you going to do that? And I never thought of this, what Peter challenges us with is this, that God's waiting on you. That God's waiting on you. 
He writes this, he says, instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. God loves humanity so much. The heart of God is to reach everybody, and he wants none to repent. And there will be a day, there will be a window, and there will be a timing where the Lord will come back and things in this chapter, this phase in history will come to a close. There will be a time in which that will happen. But until then, this is an opportunity for all to come and repent. So God's waiting on you today. Maybe God's waiting on you to respond to him in repentance. And repentance is not just for the bad things we've done. It's also for the good things we have not done. There's a challenge for us is that, and this is the final challenge is this. It's our choice to redeem the times. And, and how God can take his timing and make it beautiful, it's our choice to redeem the times. Paul tells us this, see then that you walk circumspectly, which I had to look that word up. Basically, in the Latin from that, it means this. It means to look around, to look around, to get perspective, to understand the season that you are in. And he says this, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. Some of you are like, the days are evil. They feel evil. What are they going to get? I don't know if this is the word, eviler. It's going to get worse. And when it gets worse, it doesn't mean that we hunker down in our own little, our own little cocoon, our own little subculture, because that's already been happening. We've got to break out. We've got to reach out. We've got we to redeem the opportunities that God's given us. He says this, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And I believe this, the will of the Lord is, is to do what God's called you in the season that you're in. Wisdom is understanding and in the season and asking God, what do you want me to do and how can I take action? As we're getting ready to close here today, I'm just going to challenge you with this, is this, redeem the season that you're in. Redeem the season. If you're in a season of waiting, trust God. Trust God that God's going to come through and you wait upon him. Waiting is not a passive thing on the Lord. It's praying, it's seeking, it's, it's relying upon him in the time you're in. If you're in a season of pain, I just encourage you, push toward Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, author and perfecter of your faith. If you're in a, in a season of loneliness, guess what? There's people that are lonely around you too. Find a friend. Work hard to find. It takes effort. It takes putting yourself out there. People are lonely and they need friendship. And they need connection. Negativity. If you're, around, if you're just feeling like you're negative all the time, you're probably around negative people. Get around people that, I know you can't control your work environment. Find your social environment. Find positive people. There's a bunch of people in this room actually that could help you with that. How about this directionlessness? Directionless. You are lacking where to go and what to do. You know what I encourage you? Don't just wait. Do something. Step out. Step into opportunities that you have and discover what God has for you. And here's the thing. Christ has redeemed you. He's changed you. He's transformed you if you're a follower of Christ. Now it's our turn to live our lives in a place and season. What's a season? It's a season of redemption. This is the opportunity. The time is now. And it's about time. It's about time for us. It's about time for you to step in, to step up, and step out into what God has called you to do. Now's the time. Now's the season. Will you pray with me? <laughs> Father, you're so good in all that you've done in our life. Jesus, you... 
you've redeemed us. Those who are followers of Christ, we can look back in our lives that you have saved our soul. Where's a moment that we've, we've reached out to you and we've called you Lord and Savior and you transformed our lives. There was a time and there was a season, there was a moment. And then for many of us, we've been living from season to season because seasons of life are just seasons though, Lord. They're just one season after another. Some of us though are living in long seasons. We're, we're living in long seasons of pain. Maybe we're living in long seasons of loss. We're living in, in some difficult seasons, Lord, but you promise even in those seasons that there'll be a new season and new opportunity. Some of us are reaping the benefits of, of laboring in another season. Now we're, we're benefiting. But well, Lord, may we recognize it's secular. That, so Lord, help, help us to be appreciative of the season and the blessing that we're in as the next season comes, it prepares us for some challenges that will come. It's just the cycle of life. But I love the fact, Lord, that the season of life comes and goes. And then ultimately, we'll have one massive season, infinite season in heaven with you. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more mourning. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more of anything that's going to adversely affect our lives. We'll be reaping a reward for eternity. But until then, Lord, we're in a season. So God, may we be challenged to be in the season that we're in to redeem the opportunities, to seek you in wisdom, to make the most of this opportunity you've given us. God, we pray a blessing on this 10 weeks, Lord, of community meals, Lord, for our kids in that community and the parents and, and the, the team that's leading it, God. Thank you for the opportunity they're going to have this summer, wherever, Lord, you're going to lead us and wherever you want us to go, that we redeem the moments at our workplace, redeem the moments at our family reunions, to re redeem the moments even at funerals that some of us are gathering to yet again, Lord. God, you are good, and we thank you for the work you're doing. And Lord, may we redeem today, Father's Day, to honor you as our good, good Father. And to remember, this season come and season go, your promises have never, ever failed us. Because you'll do it again, you'll do it again. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.